Six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. This week, Nathan and Travis go toe-to-toe with a couple of real knockouts. It's Rocky and Million Dollar Baby today on Six-Pack Double Feature. We're not crying, you're crying! His name is Sylvester Stallone. He's the star of a new film called Rocky. He's been described as tough, handsome, talented, sexy, sensitive, dynamic, brilliant. He's been compared to Nicholson, De Niro, and Brando, but he is Rocky. He's the man who could be loved by only one woman because somehow she gets beneath the pain. He's every nobody who ever needed somebody. Rocky, do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. He's every man who ever settled for something less. What about my pride, Nick? At least you have pride. I ain't had no pride. I ain't had enough. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that. Terrific. I mean, you could be a heartbreak. You walk down the street breaking hearts the way you're looking. Very shy. He's the man who never had a chance until now. Rocky. His whole life was a million to one shot. His name is Sylvester Stallone. But you will always remember him as Rocky. All right. Real quick. Um, I'd like to address I'd like to address this right here. He's been compared to Nicholson. De Niro. No, no. Brando. No. But in what way is he compared to Nicholson, De Niro, or Brando? He has two legs. The advertising campaign that said, hey, you know what? We need a white guy. What? There is no fucking. (laughs) No. Yeah, I I don't agree with that. As that was uh, as that was playing in the trailer, Nathan looked at me and just shook his head. No, no, no. I love Rocky personally, but this no, (laughs) no. And. No. Definitely no. Definitely no. Yeah. Uh, any three of those actors would have made this a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, welcome in to Six Pack Double Feature. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Travis. <laughs> now is my first and only impression right there. of uh, <laughs> That's a shitty Stallone. Or Balboa, whichever way, because that was my first note here. It's hard to tell where the character stops. Yeah, and it's... He right. speaks better, like, you know... When he's not playing Balboa, why does he? Is he? But is he, it's just that's what he. That's how he chose to develop that character. I guess I don't know. Uh, but I put down here. I'm like, it's surprising that Stallone received an Oscar nomination for his performance of Rocky Balboa. When looking back now, forty years later, who would have known that he would have carried off this basic persona and created an entire career by pretty much playing Rocky for the rest of his life? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've lived for 38 years having never seen this movie. And you'll live the rest of your life without watching it again? Yeah. Correct. Yes. <laughs> what I thought the movie was is better than what this movie actually is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll just get it out of the way. What, that is the most asinine way around to get him into a championship fight. That's, the, that's just the laziest writing. You think so? I Dude, that's... I don't maybe understand. maybe forty years ago it would have been seen differently. People, I don't know. Like, they just boxers just, just travel a- around and go, get me the most obscure... No, that's the dumbest 
plot idea since bat nipples. Oh yeah, we'll get to that in a in a few sure. episodes in a few sure. weeks. <laughs> bat nipples. All of that said, there's some really beautiful shots and really. Like, there's they, some there's some good and touching stuff in this movie. Now, like that, that's that's what I noticed about it. There's, uh, that's, I think, kind of my problem with it. it it's starring Stallone. Uh, well, all that we're aside, we're going to push that one like, away. He, he has some. When I get into recasting, I, I, he I'll talk about it. But okay. he has some he has some high points in this. This mm-hmm. isn't this isn't a horrible movie. No, I absolutely hate this movie. But there's some good stuff. Do in you ha- now? The reason why you hate it is I think it's wildly overhyped. You think it's overrated? Yeah. Now okay. I wasn't alive in 1976, and I don't know what the landscape of cinema. Films, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't like it is today. I don't <laughs> think that this movie created today would be even remotely. Received, close to yeah. and received. There would not be a statue of the character if it had been made. No, today. <clears throat> um, it's only it's only like two hours, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, just shy of two hours. No, it's a, it's like about a, two hours, like it's like okay. one nineteen, one twenty. They try to do too much. Like they try to. There's two or three. There's probably two movies worth of stuff in this. Okay, well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I love Rocky. I grew up on all the Rocky movies. Uh, there's one that I really don't care for out of all of them. And that's the. Five, but we're not even going to go is that into with that Ivan, anyway. Is that with Ivan Drago? No, that's not. Uh, what's, what's for number five? Number five is when he loses all of his money and moves back to the kind of the slum zone area. Of Bosnia, and, and where tri- they filmed yeah. this one? Yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick. Um, what are we drinking today? Uh, I am drinking Peroni because, you know, he's the Italian stallion. All right, I lied. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Peroni. Yeah. Hey. You know, drinking a Peroni. Yeah, I, they I, actually have them in cans. I, I was couldn't surprised. believe it. Yeah, you found us Peroni in cans. Dude, I, I yeah. basically, when I came in, I'm like, it's the it's the Italian version of Stella Artois. <laughs> it's the 11.2 ounce can or bottle. So I got the cans. I was gonna do uh, Moretti, which is my favorite Italian beer, but you said you found Peroni in cans, so yeah. we're drinking Peroni. We're drinking Peronis today. Peronis so today. Cheers, oh. cheers to that gang. Yeah, um, I was gonna get him a Mickey's, but. You gotta want... throw the fu- That's another thing, man. It ma- the, the history makes it seem like Burgess Meredith is just in every frame of this movie, mm-hmm. and he's in it for like he's got like a Hannibal Lecter amount of time. He does. You don't really realize, and he's really not that impactful. You don't think so? Not to you? No. Maybe I'd okay. have to go back and watch it. I, he's underused, in my opinion. Okay. See now, now what what's happening to me? What's happened to me on this is this movie. If it didn't invent the underdog kind of story, it inv- reinvented it for modern times. Like every every underdog sports story, especially, right. it comes from the loins of this movie. Yeah, that's that is true. It very and much they, and they all became, for the most part, caricatures or copies of copies. Yeah, you know, so they became very generic and very predictable. Whereas this one isn't. Yeah, because it, it's the, if that makes any it's sense. It's a very it, it's, it's a very it's a it is a very much an underdog movie, right? And you just don't. But it was the first. It was that. like kind of the first one, and it doesn't play into all the tropes. Like it invented all the tropes. I think the reason why this was so incredibly popular in '76 is, I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, you think about all the other movies that were really winning Best Picture. Not that they weren't great films, but they're fucking depressing. Wow. And this was in a decade of a lot of bad shit. A lot of really dark. Is that what it is? Is that why people get like so, so pumped up about it? Because I think it was... so. I, I would I would put that down in there, and I think I had that in part of my notes or part of my trivia notes. Is the fact that I mean, this is one of the few like positive and uplifting movies 
that actually won Best Picture, like for the Oscars in the seventies. Like this one and The Sting are like the only ones that are really like so, like in, not 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 enjoyable, but more positive and not a kind of semi depressing movie. You did uh, you did <laughs> I saw it on my side notes. You did uh, you did trivia on this, and I don't Correct. want to take away from it. But what's what's the quick version of it? He Stallone tried to get a role in some movie, and they told him he was too ugly. Stallone or had been working kind of in Hollywood, but not he hadn't been doing very well for right. you know, obvious reasons to to a, to a degree <laughs> for a good period of time. And they the the producers had found his script, and they said, "We want to make this movie. We want to buy it from you." And he would not sell it unless they would cast him in the lead. And for the longest time. The producers were like, yeah, we want to do it, but the studio is like, no, 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 uh, no, no. until eventually <laughs> either they had some test screening and they decided, you know what, this guy might have a little bit of charisma or whatever, and we'll go ahead and do it. And so that's the only reason why he's in it is because he wanted to get a break. And this definitely broke him into Hollywood sure, because you saw him for another big time 20 years and and on the marquees, he's had a lot of big movies. He's a big Hollywood name, regardless of his acting style. America loved him. Get it? <laughs> Lisa's the same way. She's like, I don't really don't understand why I, people I love don't, Rocky so I, much. It doesn't like. There was no point. Call me a cynic if you want. I don't care. But I'm no at no part at no point in this movie did I have that same. I didn't feel a welling up of like. All right, yeah, Hurrah. I'm gonna get this shit done, or like, yeah, woo, yeah. It created like the modern montage. Oh, it definitely invented yeah. the training montage. Yeah, it definitely invented that, and it's fairly tasteful. No, uh, yeah, it, it it's before it gets excessive, right? Uh, when I put down here, just under like plot points and pacing, I'm like, I love this movie, but damn it, if it didn't feel like it was about 20 minutes too long for me this time around when I actually watched it, sure, and I was. And it's the longest, I think, of all of the Rocky movies because they get – like one and two are in a lot of ways very similar in tone. Sure. Except Rocky wins at the end of two because mm. he battles Creed again. Ah. But uh, three and four uh, – and I believe five, but three and four are very bubblegum pop kind of, you know, Number very three, I like actually, glossy. I have seen pretty decent – but they're considerably of, shorter. They're, definitely seen big chunks of Rocky Three. That's with Clubber Lang, Mr. T. Yes, I've seen parts of that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything other than Mr. T. It's very Hollywood slick. Three yeah. and four were his big Hollywood slick okay. Rocky movies. So, not to take away from your trivia as well, but it's a little known fact that Burgess Meredith was born at the age of seventy. <laughs> he's like Benjamin Button. <laughs> he is. He's he's always been an old man. He was born an old man and he died an older man. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? Um what was the other bit I put down here on plot points of pace? I'm like the weird semi abusive relationship between Polly and Rocky and Polly and Adrian. You know, I I've it's like it's really strange, at least for me. I've I I did not grow up in in a verbal or physical abusive home sure and so maybe this is a normal thing but i mean the more times i've watched this movie the more i feel sorry for a brother and sister who would be stuck in the situation that polly and adrian are kind of in in that movie yeah where they're dependent upon each other their parents obviously have died i'm assuming <laughs> or they just got the hell they're out like, of this movie like they did they <laughs> they met polly they're like we don't want to hang around 
<laughs> None of these fucking people open their mouth when they talk. I can't understand the goddamn word they're saying. We're getting the hell out of it. We're going to Boca. This is, this is Mumbleville. Boca del Vista. <laughs> that would be funny if Pauly and Adrian's parents are they moved down. Georgie, their no, they're George, uh, they're uh, Costanza's parents. Mm-hmm. Can't remember their names. Um, Frank, Mr. and Mrs. Costanza. Frank and Lucille, I believe. Something like Costanza. that. Costanza. <laughs> but Polly, Polly kind of frustrates me because if he doesn't have Rocky, he wouldn't have any friends. And if he didn't have Adrian, he wouldn't have any family. Correct. Yet he still is horribly abusive, verbally, almost physically sure. to that dynamic. And I don't know and if he's it's an his alcoholic. Fr- yeah, he's an alcoholic. And obviously he's got frustrations in his life. And, you know, I'll be, he'd take responsibility for himself. Sure. Instead, he's going to try to work for That's a loan shark. Two, I think. Yeah. That- so, see, there's, there's two things right there in the story that I think are cool. I, I love the – it's not really a subplot. It's not – they don't play up to it too much. That Rocky is uh, – he's a super low-level boxer. Yeah. He makes most of his money. Yeah, he's by a, being an enforcer. Yeah. I think that's a cool plot. Yeah, that could have just been the damn plot. That mm-hmm. could have just been, and he's trying to get out of it, and it ends with him training up to get to a fight, which yeah. I, I guess it kind of does. But well, and you can tell the way they develop that character too is that he's kind of like he's a good guy at heart. He can't really, and he can't really break the legs. Yeah, I pay you to break the legs, and you know, yeah. I told you to break his thumb. Well, you can't work. I'm like, I don't pay you to think, yeah. Rock. You know, there's. He does do a pretty good job of showing the two or three sides that the character has. Right. There's the the hooker with a heart of gold kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the angry young man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the the loving sort of. Two outcasts. But Jesus God, though, man. Rocky, no means no, dude. She doesn't want to stay in your fucking apartment, man. She's tried like five. T- quit taking your fucking clothes off. She doesn't want to see your goddamn turtles. Yeah, the hanging on the, the bar, on the thing. We get it, bro. You're cut. Yeah, nice. I almost put that down. I should have put that down on what doesn't work. Oh, right much, I think Rocky? I, I think that's what I have. Uh, uh, I have yeah, what doesn't, no not to jump no. around, but what doesn't work is it takes a while to get rolling. Uh, but I admit I was I was a bit interested just to see how it was going to move. Right. Knowing that it was the first one. Um, his, syn- his syntax is annoying, huh? <laughs> Know, know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then I also, Rocky, let the lady leave your fucking apartment. This is what I have. It doesn't work. Uh, yours is better. She, she's on great un- much. <laughs> she obviously feels uncomfortable. How about Maybe. I didn't know it was Talia Shire until I actually watched it this time. Really? And man, I think she's underused. I she is underused, but she's. I get the. Is she supposed to be? She, she's coming out of her shell. So she's not autistic. I mean, she's or no. I don't think so. I think people. I mean. Why, you saw in there they called called her an idiot called her an idiot called her yeah, re- yeah. retarded or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's just like I think she was just quiet, and so they just assumed, assumed. that okay. she had mental issues that she didn't. I think or actually, she just didn't have anyone that believed in her, and Rocky believed in her. Whereas actually, he has mental issues from taking just blow after blow right. after blow after blow to the head. Hers is just taking blow after blow from her brother to instead. Her, yeah. You know, I'm like, no, there's definite. There's here, good, here I here I sit forty some odd years later saying there's definite potential in the story of Rocky. This may go somewhere. <laughs> I think that might be the definition of mansplaining. <laughs> uh, and the the if you're if you're uh, running the count that is three Stallone impressions after I said I wouldn't do any more today. But we'll see if he edits them out. Probably not. No, I'm not going to edit those out. <laughs> I don't care. I'm actually this is a far more engaging conversation. I was actually worried about this episode, or at least this half of this, because. 
Yeah. My notes are not thin, but they're not. I'm trying to not be negative about it because I, I still don't like this movie. <laughs> but like I said, I'm trying to focus on what's. I can sit here and just you make fun fo- of it. You all. can focus on what you want to focus on. Yeah, but I want to focus on what I think is positive about it. But how much not- of the movie is. Because that's always the thing when it comes to me and people who do or don't like Rocky. Is how much of that is related specifically to Stallone, or or if it's more than just that? Because I understand some of the some of the plot points that that you there's some jumps. There's some jumps. Creed is underused. Creed is well, that's he was making soup with his. <laughs> what did he say in the rest of development? <laughs> Baby, you got a stew going. You got a stew going. <laughs> no, no, don't throw that ham bone away. You take that home. You put it, wrap it up in some aluminum foil. You take it home, put it in a pot with some water and a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> his. He's really funny, man. He is. Carl Weathers is really funny. Carl Weathers was chosen because of his just his vibrancy and uh, machismo. He is he has a striking presence. Yes, like he's uh, he he is like at the top of his game in that in that movie, like physique wise and just intimidation wise. He really is, but he is he, almost underused. But see, that's what that was, yeah. that was kind of the hardest thing for me was to reconcile those two storylines. It's like, and what? Because they're on two totally different arcs. Creed's life is he's he's almost not bloated, but he's definitely cocky superstar guy. And then you got this dirtbag down here, and they're on completely different trajectories or completely different arcs. And it's like, well, how do they meet up? And it's like, hey, guess what? My oh, fighter sh- dropped out. Shit. Well, they where their arcs meet, there's a there's a three foot gap. Uh, just make it a contest. Boom, Rocky wins. Okay, there it is. Ha <laughs> Maybe no one will notice. That was the th- I've mentioned it before today. Right. That was the. That's what I noticed the most, and that's like that. I was in. I was. I, I can. I can ignore Stallone to a point, and the the believability. I, I can suspend enough disbelief right. but until you get to that, and it's like that's stupid. Why would I want uh, unrated, unranked amateur? You know. Yeah, and that, see, that should have been. This movie should have been a part one and part two. Okay, and I, I think, and, and we've said this a lot this season. I think in a modern time, this would have been a Rocky, one, Rocky, and then Rocky Part Two, or you right. know how how they do it. They split yes. they split one story over two movies, right? Um, or it would have been honestly, it would have been I think better as a, a limited run series. I could see that. I would. I would almost. I would what, not want to see Stallone in it, but I would. I don't think he can do it now. So no, and he's he's doing. Um, He's doing a, a we'll final. talk about it. We'll talk about it. This sort of idea a little bit next week, but um, he's doing it with the Creed movies now. Yes, is it? He's is, more is, kind is of he, behind the scenes. Is he that. training Apollo's kid? Is that what it is? He, yeah, he trained Apollo's kid. I haven't seen the second Creed. Uh, I've seen any of any them? Any of them? Uh, why? I'm not surprised at all by that remark. <laughs> Shouldn't be. Uh, what I like about watching a, a movie like this is like these these movies. They don't feel dated anymore because of how old they are. Or they're, before they're period pieces. Yeah, now now it's just a period piece, kind of like Dirty Harry. It just it it feels like a time capsule for mm-hmm. what life was like in Philadelphia in like 1976. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy when I go back to a film like this. Is I, enjoying I, I, that. I have that here. The camera work is gorgeous. Yeah, for and it captures what a like I called it Bosnia, but it, what a rundown town philly was yeah and it, it very, doesn't very it, blue collar it and doesn't then, like it 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 shows everything hangs and all yeah. Yeah. yeah very almost pornographic not pornographic but you know where you're at yeah and it's it doesn't shy away that from ugliness where, is yeah. beautiful did he so i know he wrote the script he didn't write the blocking no no okay no 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 he wrote the <laughs> yeah 
Uh, he did not direct it. He was not the cinematographer. He, okay. he wrote it and he acted it, and that was all he did. Because those tracking shots, man. Yeah, they well, those that, are gorgeous. They're 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 really gorgeous. That was, um, if I remember correctly, it was a way for them to save uh, time and money on their shoots. Mm. Is the fact that if they How can so? get everything coordinated, they can do it in one or two takes. Uh, okay, they're done. They don't have. 20 25 30 setups of this 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 and this instead it's just so it was a uh it was purposeful it was out of necessity yes it was out of necessity due to the budget i like that it, as much as i appreciate in-camera effects i appreciate when you're kind of up against the wall and you have to come up with a creative decision to get around oh we don't have enough money to do this the way we want to do it let's do it this way and it ends up being better because it's more it's more simple it's more elegant that way they really i'll give them props on really making you feel like Rocky lives in poverty because you see his apartment. I, I, you kind of, you get an idea of where he's coming from when he, when he comes home, you know, he feeds his turtles and he, you know, he still has those turtles. Are they still alive? I did not know yeah, that. I that's, saw a picture of it on Facebook last week. <laughs> that's what makes cool. it true. Right. But, um, um he yeah, bought, he bought the course. turtles for the movie and then there's a picture of him with the turtles. What are they? Um, Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link. Yes. yes, he still has them. Forty yes. years later, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, they do have long life expectancy, they, so that's and that was his. As dog. long as they don't get a, a straw Butkus, shut. Butkus in their was nose. his dog. That he actually, uh, okay, he actually sold his dog because he was living on food stamps, pretty much. Stallone or and, Rocky? Uh, Stallone. Okay. Uh, at the time, and ended up um, getting his dog back once he sold the script. Oh wow! And they brought how much money Butkus can you get in? for a dog? I don't know, but apparently he needed enough to be able to eat that week, and I guess he wasn't going to eat his dog. <laughs> hey, it's high cholesterol, you. <laughs> That's four. Um, <laughs> uh, I just because I have it written down, and it's the next thing. Um, I, I have a actually, I have a favorite line and a favorite scene. My favorite scene is that opening scene where that boxer's just wailing on him, mm -hmm. and he head like Rocky's just taking it and he's doing his thing, and then the the dude headbutts him, and then he just goes down off the yeah. fucking rails yeah that was pretty cool that is uh, and then when he uh he ends that this that whole scene is great because he doesn't talk um but he ends it by you know leaving the ring and he walks out and he's, you get a cigarette <laughs> and he takes this i love pictures of boxers smoking cigarettes yeah that's the i always make fun of you for the use of the word dichotomy but that's the to me that's no, the biggest it, like, the, like their body is a vessel for perfect of perfect of perfection and you're putting this garbage into yeah. it yeah yeah <laughs> but I also used to smoke, so I get, like, after I, I used to run seven miles a day, mm -hmm. and the first thing I did when I got in my van to leave the gym was I fired up a cigarette, and that was the best cigarette of the day. Because you kind of clean your lungs out. Right. And then... You dirty them right back oh, up. Oh, and then you're like, ah, oh, sweet oblivion. <laughs> Open your arms. Because um, Butch does it in uh, Pulp Fiction, too. He's, he, he's, oh, he does. He gets in the cab and yeah, lights right up. a cigarette. I just love that image. I love how Rocky always tries to be the good guy. He looks out for everyone, even though no one wants to take him seriously. Yeah, yeah. Understandably so, if this... <laughs> Yours is better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my uh, Weird Al uh, no, doing, doing <laughs> Sylvester Stallone doing it's, Robert uh, it's, Lee Rambo. It is, it but... is over the top, his <laughs> voice in that. like It's almost like he's doing... Like Jim Carrey, Weird Al, they're not far off, man, no, with, just... their, with their caricature impressions of right them. i think one of the things that really made me feel like awkward and uncomfortable it watching this film 
is that scene where Rocky comes over to take Adrian out for the first time and witnesses that strange domestic dispute. Sure. Like between her and her brother and the resident drunk douchebag brother. And it's on Thanksgiving. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to take her out on thanks on Thanksgiving. It's 1976 in South Philly. They, everything closes on Thanksgiving, especially then. Yeah, it's not as it's not as common now. Twenty years ago, things closed more than they did now on Thanksgiving. There's actually it's a backswing such a big of commercial. things. There's a swing of things closing now. Yeah, it's like it's amazing the cycle it goes through. But yeah. in in the 70s, I guarantee you, most things were closed. The fact that they were the doors were even open to that ice rink. Yeah. It's a great scene that they do. That was an improvised scene. Was it really? Uh, because they actually were going to ice skate, and then they realized that wasn't going to work. And that so his they big decided... meat-headed ass couldn't get on a pair of skates? I'm not sure if that well, was I the... cut in his throat, yeah. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, there's five. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I may have that in trivia, but I, that was slightly improvised, or they chose to uh, edit, edit it to where they just talked and she skated, and he just kind of huddled along next to her. See, and that's... I. That's kind of why that scene works for yeah. me, knowing that. You got gaps. I got gaps. Together, we fill each other. The dialogue gaps. was improv, too? Uh, I think that was scripted. Okay. That's what... I mean, it's still on. a... I love this. <laughs> I love the the constant interruption of the Zamboni driver going like, two minutes! <laughs> He's trying to have a... That was actually kind, kind of, of a, a funny moment. scene. Yeah. yeah. Is that, so that's your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene uh, goes like this. I got harp, but I ain't got no locker, do I, Mick? Uh, anyway, you know, when I begun in this business, kid, I, uh, look, I want to make a suggestion. Don't drink that piss before a fight. You know, no good for you. You don't mind my saying. Anyway, you know, when I started this racket, pugs like us, we was treated like dogs. For ten bucks, you got to tear somebody's throat out. But I never had no management. You know, one time, this... This son of a bitch that I fought, you know, he put a nail right there. Stone? The thumb, yeah, the glove. And he punched so many holes in my face, you know, I had the spit shooting out of my cheeks. Can you imagine that? Anyway, well, i tell you what I looked like when I was uh, in my prime. I want you to look at something. Wait, look at that. Look at that. That's the way I looked before these guys got at me. That's nice. Yeah. You take very good care of the fish, you know. But I never had... I never had no management in such trouble, but now I got all this knowledge. I got it up here, and I, I want to give it to you. I want to give you this knowledge. I want to take care of you. I want to make sure that all this shit that happened to me doesn't happen to you. You know what I mean? If the fight's set. Listen to me. I want to be your manager. You follow that, do you? The fight's set. I don't need no manager. But you can't buy what I'm going to give you. I mean, I've got pain, and I've got experience. Well, i got pain, I've got experience, too. Listen, kid. Hey, look, yes, hey, Mick. Look, I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? Right. You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help, I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Well, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm 76 years old. And, uh, 
get here. Ten years you come to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I have no favors from you! Don't crawl around me! Talk about your prime. What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime! I ain't had no prime, I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal, wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't wanna fight that big fight, it was gonna happen to me. I wanna get that! I wanna get that! Hey, you wanna be ringside and see? Do you? You wanna help me out? Help me with my civic in my face, Jason? Legs ain't working, nothing's working. They go, go on, fight the champ. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. You come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on here, come to my house. I, what I love about that scene, and now it doesn't, I didn't go another minute because it's mostly visual and the score. Yeah. Because he goes from like pissed to boiling over to getting over himself and then running back outside where you don't even hear them talk. You just hear the score and the piano playing and right. he's like, all right. Mick, can you be my manager? But he needed to get that out. But I, what I really like is the fact that he's 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 so pissed you can feel like he's trying to throw those darts through the wall or sure. through the door. He goes in and he's like, I, I'm so done with you. I'm going to take a piss right now. And then I'm going to go and open the door. Oh, Mickey, you haven't left yet. I'm going to go back in. I thought you were going to leave it, right? You know, <laughs> but I, I, get, I get his frustration. I feel his frustration because of, oh, you want nothing to do with me. Right. And now someone wants me to fight the world champion or whatever, and now you're going to come and want to be my manager. And I get that, and so I just you, like that's what I don't like. I don't like that. I don't like Burgess Meredith being a gold digger like that. Do you think it's what it was? I don't do think you, it was gold digging. I think it was just. Uh, I don't know. You think it was almost he, uh, like you had potential, but you just you didn't you, focus. You, you, you shitted it away, turning into you know a, you know a leg breaker, a leg breaker. You know, but now you've got a shot. Now you have thing. a shot. Maybe I should give you one okay. more chance. I don't. I don't one hundred percent agree with his desire to come back and talk to him. Going really, you kind of shit the bed on that one, and you don't want. He didn't want to be his manager, and now he has a right. chance for a title fight, and you're going to come back. It's it's a shitty move. But I get, I feel Rocky's frustration in that moment. You sure. know, he does a really good job of conveying that whole five minutes. And then he can't even yell at his, at his coach or whatever, the guy who owns the, the gym that he works out. He can't even yell at him until he's left and he shut the door. And then mm. once he shut the door and starts walking down the street or walking down the, down the stairs, down the hallway, then he can just unload all of this pissed off frustration that he's felt sure. but he can't yell at him until he's left and then once he's done hmm. then he runs outside it's interesting and he gets past it and goes all right say what i needed to know, say i said what i needed to say and so who do you think would win in a fight in mickey in, in the apartment in, in 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 that scene would would rocky balboa win or seth brundle in <laughs> in the apartment freak out scene I think Seth Brundle would. I think Seth Brundle would Brundle. punch Rocky's head right off of his shoulders. Uh huh. And then he would, and then suck the gelatinous, the, the gelatinous remnants goop right of, out of him. That's so. The opening scene was my favorite scene. My favorite line is um, toward the end, and it's "Mick, you stop this fight, and I'll kill you." Yeah. Uh, Creed's turning his face into a pound and a half of ground chuck. Yeah. 
Uh, that my, was a really cool shot too when they when they cut him. Yeah, and pfft, a little bit of blood. Yeah, that was a, a nice effect in camera. Yeah. He's probably holding it in his hands, but it's still. I think it was a blood pack because it they, may have been. But sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure. I remember seeing that the first time. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. Now it's just like mm, looks a little. Now, f- dude, yeah, and now it's just a nowadays they would have called that fight. Oh, most definitely. So fast. Uh, my favorite line <laughs> is Mickey going, "You're gonna eat lightning, and you're gonna crap thunder." <laughs> <laughs> I have one other bit to share for you, and then I will go into what doesn't work. Oh, I thought we already did what doesn't work. No. You may have said your things, but I have one thing. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow-white underdog, and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental, and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now, that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? When is our country's birthday? July 4th. Every year, not not January first, nineteen seventy six. It's bicentennial year, bicentennial year. Huh. It's it's seventy six to seventeen seventy six to nineteen seventy six. Right, it's two hundred. Uh, yeah. Huh. The, do you celebrate your birthday the entire fucking year you turn twenty or twenty one? Uh, Pretty much, I, actually. <laughs> every night's my birthday. Depends on, <laughs> depends on how you define celebrate. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I, wow. I put that down here. I'm like, either this film was supposed to take place during the summer and they shifted everything or Apollo Creed needs to go back to school and take a class on American history. <laughs> I never noticed that there's a Beatles poster on, uh, on the uh, over his couch on the wall hmm. in his, in Rocky's apartment. Didn't either. Yeah. You imagine him singing along to Sergeant Pepper. That's six. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, I guess something that might not work for me is punching and sweating on raw meat. Is that approved by the FDA? Um, I don't think so. Okay, but I, what did I put down here, Mike? If Rocky thought it stunk in the meatpacking plant when the when when they were actually <laughs> in the freezer, can you imagine what it would have smelled like in a regular uh, room temperature? It would smell nasty as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, side of beef. There was a. Uh, <laughs> I listened to the commentary track a while ago. That might be interesting. And, and Stallone was like, I would not recommend beating a side of beef with your bare hands when it's frozen. It hurts. Did and he really it, do that? Yeah, he damaged, he like uh, bruised or broke huh. part of his uh, either fingers or part of his hand. There was a... Or something like that along those lines. Did you ever notice uh, that the most important thing to Rocky during that press conference is him saying hi to Adrian? Nothing else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought he, was gonna, he thought it was going to get him like... Uh, I can call it a pit pass. <laughs> Thought I was going to get him a freebie, man. Yeah, well. Say your girl's name on, on national television. Right. The other like thing that I really enjoy about this movie <laughs> uh, is when Rocky runs full speed on the docks. And, I mean, he just hauls ass. He, yeah. Like, they, they had to have been on a truck or something with the camera. Sure. For me, it's like, oh, that's it, that that it takes some dedication and training to... Be able, able to, to run that, run fast? that yeah. fast for that long, and yeah. 
who knows if that was take one or take seven, you know, or take 25. I doubt it was that many, but sure. this was the film that introduced the Steadicam. I think there may have been one other film possibly used before if, that, but it was this was one of the biggest movies in... If I remember... Now and I, it was going up the steps of the... Uh, is that what it was? Yeah. I thought it was invented for this movie to so they could be able to get a, a camera person in... But I don't I don't know if it was. The way I heard it was the Steadicam was invented by the person or a person involved with this so they could get in and get those tight shots in the ring um, of, action, of, of, the, right. of the fight. But there's not a lot of those. No, it was more for flow of movement without it feeling like it was handheld. And that's exactly what they did. I swear I thought I had more information on that. Dude, so that undercard it. fight? You know, Polly versus the living room? I had the living room pick. For a second, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> I hate you. Do <laughs> you have anything else that doesn't work? Uh, no, I I could probably pick more, but no, that was the only thing that 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 initially stuck out. So I'm sure you may have more things. Yeah, no, no, no you're done. No. So if you had a magic wand, oh, I I said I'd probably cut 15 to 20 minutes from the film. What would you cut? Just here and there, just like here I and do, there, like, like I do when I edit us. Yeah, <laughs> make it flow faster and better. Make us funnier. God, make our I, pauses more not poignant. Not even God can make us funny, Nathan. <laughs> make our pauses more poignant or less poignant, depending on what we're saying. No, I just felt like the pacing of the film to get to the get to the training and the fight just it, it needed to get there faster. I mean, it feels like it's it's yeah. an hour in yeah, yeah. before Apollo is talking about my fighter dropped out or or whatever right. it is, and and I need and I need this Italian stallion to come and and me to turn him into you know hamburger. That's what I would change. Um, since I don't dislike the movie, Stallone or the movie <laughs> per se. If I had a magic wand, I would I would give it subtitles. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's not bad. It's <laughs> like I said earlier; it would be better as like a limited and a lot of things nowadays, and that's why they're going to that. Right. Better as a limited run series. You okay. have more time to tell your story. Yes. Um, without getting wow, I said exactly what I said earlier. Or make it a part one, part two. There is a part two. There, there is. <laughs> Um, or join me if you will, as Billy Bob Thornton stars in Ricky, <laughs> the story of an aging ne'er-do-well wrestler <laughs> who splits his time between wrestling at the local armory every Friday and collecting pill debt from trailer parks in and around Little Rock, <laughs> co-starring Sandra Bullock and Gerald McCraney. That's Ricky in theaters this fall. <laughs> pill debt okay if you had to recast was that your recasting <laughs> no that would be like honestly like you could sandra bullock and gerald mccraney that's not a far stretch for a grizzled old man and a kind of a mousy cute woman mm -hmm. gerald mccraney is no burgess meredith and sandra bullock damn sure is no talia shire if i had to recast and i'm not I'm even being funny here uh, al pacino from the same era like Serpico, Al Pacino. That would be, I never they thought actually, about that. No. They look pretty damn similar. And you could understand everything that was coming out of his mouth. And that scene that's your favorite scene when he loses his shit on Mickey. Uh -huh. Imagine uh, yeah. early okay. 70s era yelling Pacino. Yeah, that would be really good. I would I would watch that. But the physique I don't buy. In a modern time, I hope oh, nobody really. I, as, as bad as Stallone is in this, not bad, but you know what I mean. As much Stallone as he is in this, right? It's pretty hard to replicate. Yeah, like you could get any 
any Tom, Dick, or Harry to train for six, seven months and get cut like that. Like Pacino could have played it very similar, but mm -hmm. look, I see what you're trying to do. Let me show you how to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got the same nose as you. Right. I've got. I can wear the pork pie hat. Um, if I was going to recast Apollo Creed, uh, I would cast Billy D. Williams, 1976 Billy D. Williams. Hmm. Okay. Be a little different. That would be. Um. He's the. He's the opposition. Yeah. If there's a protagonist, in, I'm sorry. If there's an antagonist in this movie, it's Creed, I guess. Yeah. He is but he's antagonist. a successful antagonist. So mm -hmm. I like that they've made a, a in 1976. I like that they've made a black man wildly successful. So successful that his own hubris gets in the way. He almost gets his ass kicked by this piece of shit. Yeah. Schlub from South Philly. Who apparently can take one hell of a beating and keep going. What that's movie? that's kind of Rocky. What's thing. the which which Rocky movie is it when they say he's getting beat? He's, no, he's not. He's getting mad. That's three. Okay. Okay. Those, those would be my recasting. My recasting. I went modern. Okay. And so for Rocky, I did uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia. Um, he's been heroes. He actually <laughs> plays his son in the last Rocky movie. Okay. Uh, I did uh, Allison Brie as Adrian. Because she can be, I would do Allison Brie as Adrian. I didn't even mean it sex wise. <laughs> I would do Allison Brie as Adrian too. That's a good pick because you know she can be stunning, and then but she can also kind of be schlubby, schlubby, and and because you've if you've seen Glow or other things that she's mm. been in, it's just she's got a good range in her look. Depending on she's how she's amazing, man, yeah. I love her. And then for uh, Creed, I would just do Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> who's playing Creed's son <laughs> okay. in, in the new Creed films. Okay. Those three would, I think that would be my modern recasting of Rocky. No, but who would play Mickey? I did not go that far. Okay. That's not bad. I never thought about it. I maybe would have thought about it by then, but I did not even contemplate uh, doing Burgess Meredith's role, what he would, what he would have done. Uh, it's one of the, it's, there's only two sport movies that have won Best Picture for the Oscars. They're both boxing, and we're talking about both of them today. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Not Raging Bull? No, that did not win Best Picture. Huh. It won uh, De Niro's Best Actor, but it did not win Best Picture. It okay. may have won a couple of technical awards. So, Rocky and... Million uh, Dollar Baby. Both won Best Picture. Both won Best Picture. Wow. The difference a couple decades makes, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film had a budget of $960,000. Really? Went, it went up... Well, that but that was not... A lot no, of money. No, it's not. Yeah. not. Not even then. It went up to 1.1 when the producers uh, mortgaged up their homes to complete the film, but it grossed 117 in the box office. See, okay, let me stop you real quick. People get inspired by this movie, right. and I don't understand how. I get more inspired by the story of the making of this movie. How the hell they made this movie that for would, that little bit of money. Make that movie. Yeah. That make would the be movie a about making Rocky, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Copyright the, what, that. Write that down. We we own that. We're going to do that. That's us. At, we got that. Um, Mark Marin talks to uh, Robert Kartoff, uh, which is one of the producers of Rocky, who's done a ton of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff with Scorsese. Mm. And he talks about how little bit of money that they had in order to make Rocky. It's kind of interesting. This is TriStar? Um, this is United Artists. Okay. Well, that's okay. Even for them to not have that yeah. much faith in it. Uh, after the producers became interested in the script, they offered Stallone an unprecedented $350,000 just for the rights, but he refused to sell it unless he could star in the film. 
Could you imagine? Could I you... mean, yes, this made his this made his career. If he had sold that script, no one would know who Stallone is. Maybe other maybe than not. this guy who wrote this movie that may or may not have won Best Picture. I don't know, or may or may not have been that huge in seventy six. Right. Yeah, it said here. It says this despite the fact that he had only one hundred six dollars in the bank. No car and was trying to sell. He was trying to sell his dog. Excuse me. He didn't sell his dog. He was trying to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed it. Uh, most of the scenes of Rocky jogging through Philadelphia were shot guerrilla style with no permits, no equipment, and no extras. Love that. So more than likely, that run that he does at the docks was probably one take. Very possible. Which is probably and good they because get, they didn't get any releases oh, signed by the any camera. Of the wasn't rolling. <laughs> Man, I can't believe yeah. I just ran <gasps> seven miles down. <gasps> oh, man, you know, yeah. like. That. Man. <laughs> so you got all that right? No, uh, can't. Joe left the film out of the camera. We got to do it again. Okay. Uh, you want to know? Here's some casting tidbits for you. Your favorite part. The studio wanted Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, or James Caan in the role for Rocky. Only one I can see making any semblance of sense would be James Caan. Yeah. Uh, the only way they got the script from Stallone was to hire him as the lead. Uh, Carrie Snodgrass was originally offered the role of Adrian, but dropped out due to a disagreement about money. Susan Sarandon nope. auditioned for the role, but was deemed too obviously attractive for the character. Wow. <laughs> you, Talia Shire. Did you hear that? She's you're too, not, you're you're not, not you're pretty. <laughs> Cher was considered for the role also for Adrian. She looks, she's too, I don't think Cher could pull that. Mousiness. No. Neither nor, nor Sarandon. No. Uh, Roger E. Mosley. TC from Magnum P.I. Nice. Uh, auditioned for the role of Apollo Creed, but he left after been. creative differences. That would have that would have been good. He could have been good. He could have been really good. TC. Um, I always loved TC. And then the role of Mickey was initially offered to none other than Hyman Roth of Godfather Part Two. Nice. Lee Strasberg. <laughs> no, really, Hyman Roth. <laughs> <laughs> So they got a. They tried to get a couple Coppola. Yeah, folks. they tried to. Uh, they tried to push the big names. Uh, although Sylvester Stallone famously wrote the first draft of the script in three days, it went through nine sizable rewrites before it was purchased. So why he said I wrote this in three days, then I had to rewrite it. It shows nine more times. <laughs> let's take a cut over. A, who knows how much time before? Let's run an Afro pick through that uh, time too. Originally, Stallone much. Originally, Stallone's much darker script depicted Mickey as a bitter old racist. And the film ended with Rocky throwing the fight after realizing he did not want to be a part of the professional boxing world. That'd be kind of interesting, though. You got to admit, D- uh, yeah. But then they made a darker boxing movie anyway. Four years later, <laughs> called Raging Bull. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's, that's true, correct? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, the single most expensive cost on the film was Carl Weathers makeup. Ah, prosthetics. Yeah, crazy, right? Huh. I never would have thought yeah, that I either. I never thought about it, no. Um, one of the posters for the film featured a shot of Rocky and Adrian holding hands, although I, this... I love that. Yeah. I, I do love that. Yeah, although this was one of the most popular images associated with the film, the scene uh, this image was taken from was cut from the film. Hmm. So you never see that in the movie. Which I think that actually makes it work a little better. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's still that moment and that, that connection at the end. They filmed that, but they chose not to I, I, I legit, put it in the I, film. I love that picture. Because he's, what, 13, 14 feet tall? And yeah. And she's down she's there little, around three, yeah. four feet. Uh, yeah. And this was the third movie in five years that Talia Shire was in that won Best Picture. The other two were Godfather, Godfather and Godfather Part Two. That's it on trivia. Still hold up? 
Yes, I think it's the most authentic and realistic of all of the Rocky movies. I'll give you that. Um, not having seen, not having but, seen, him, but, but I knowing, know, I know, I know. I've seen plenty of movies that spawn sequels, and I know how they go. And the older I get, the more I appreciate the love story between the two broken people finding each other mm-hmm. and you know, kind of completing each other, rather than the underdog story of the film. That's, That's what, what pulls me in more now than him fighting and just going the distance. Now it's I think, just. I think they pay more attention to that. Yeah. Than the fighting maybe it's just our age that we notice that more i don't know yeah well we're older but and more sentimental um we're pussies <laughs> i'm sure i think it still holds up i'll just whatever else i have to say i'll save for final thoughts okay um, before you, we get to final thoughts then are you gonna ask me that what i was gonna ask you similar equal film yes yeah you go first any sports movie where, <laughs> where, where an underdog exists Again, I'll just save it for final thoughts. Uh, okay. Uh, Jake put, Taylor, ma- Major League, maybe. That's okay. uh, I recommended Cinderella Man. Uh, Ron Howard, it's a Ron Howard film starring Russell Crowe. Okay. It's a biopic uh, is he about... Uh, he No, he is playing James J. Braddock. Uh, the film opens with Braddock in the ring as he breaks his hand and is forced to give up boxing. And then his, his whole livelihood in life is affected by okay. the Great Depression. Uh, having to work for meager labor wages, relies on social uh, assistance, and then he can barely put food on the table. And then eventually, you know, it's it's just a, a fantastic and inspirational underdog story of how he fought back against the system and to get back into the ring and actually win against Max Bayer. Which is you tough know, to do because Max Bayer's a real killer. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's just – he had the reputation of killing – you know, two of his opponents, which can you imagine going, Hey, get you back in the ring, but it's this guy, this guy here. There's a great joke in a Woody Allen movie. It's a curse of the Jade Scorpion. Somebody says something to him. He goes, Hey, yeah, no, it's very funny. Uh, you know, Max Bear is down the street looking for sparring partners, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I would recommend. I think if you hadn't, if you haven't seen it before, that's, you would actually enjoy. I actually forgot. I, I forgot about that movie. I would actually like to check it out. Initially, I was going to recommend Karate Kid. Same sure. director, yeah, Joji Alvison. Hang on, wait. I like wait, instead of you know how Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi does that, yeah, and then rubs him down uh-huh. after the after the injury. Said you got to cut me, Mick. You got to cut me. But instead, he just spits tobacco juice in his hand, rubs it around, and then rubs it on his face. All right, Rock, you're good. Get in there. He's all covered in tobacco. Mr. Miyagi, spit. do that thing with your hands. <laughs> all right, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like beech nut. <laughs> no, Rock, it's Red Man. <laughs> Sorry. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I'm going to go hit the showers. <laughs> I'm going to go hit the showers. Hit the showers. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Rocky two times. <laughs> also popped into my head, Susan Sarandon, it's a good thing she didn't take it because in 1975, she did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which yeah. had Rocky in the title, too. Correct. Thanks for noticing the crux of my shitty joke. <laughs> She would have been known as the Rocky Girl. <laughs> hey, I'm going to close out on uh, my final uh, thoughts. Okay. I like it. It's a it's a good underdog story where going the distance is the prize rather than actually winning. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's a good motivation because he doesn't win at the end. And you want him to win, but, you know, or at least typically you want that <laughs> Most underdog. people want him to win. <laughs> Most people want him to win, and he does not. You know, when asked by Polly what he sees in his sister, Rocky gives his own clumsy yet endearing uh, interpretation of what love means to him. What truly, you know, makes this film work is its honesty and its characters. 
Yeah. And so the most important thing to take away from Rocky is never giving up no matter the cost. So that's what, to me, that's what makes this film work. You know, pursue what you love, find value in it, you know, and you'll never lose. It's like I said, I, I, I don't like this movie. Um, <laughs> I didn't hate it. No, I know. And I, I tried to focus on yeah. what, I mean, I, I took the piss as, as, as often as I could, but I tried not to be a dick about it. Said the camera work was really good. What I love most about it, Stallone was like a real life underdog. Told, told for whatever reason he couldn't do this or that or the other. And he, this is kind of a, you all right, my own movie then. Yeah. Just watch what I can do, you know. The story behind is more interesting than the story itself. And thinking about it. I mean, they're it kind of the yeah. same. They're, he's an underdog. He's, yeah. Yeah. I would, like I said earlier, I'd like to actually see the movie about making Rocky. That would be really of, interesting. Yeah, be interesting. I can't believe no one's, I can't believe Stallone hasn't done that yet. Because they ain't really knocking his door down. He's doing a new Rambo. Final blood. Oh, I saw that. See, Rambo's a good movie. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. It, Maybe what, we'll discuss that at some point. I wouldn't mind, actually. Yeah. Um, we just have to find what to pair it with. The story invented the uh, sports training montage. I'll even say it. I think other sports training montage movies are are better because they're tighter. It's... It's the granddaddy, and not always does the granddaddy do it best, but they did it first. And I mentioned so, it earlier, yeah. it's it's like kind of like Jake Taylor's story arc yeah. uh, in Major League. And I, I mean that. I mean, I understand that's an asinine comparison, but I'll be truthful. <laughs> I think not having seen this right before until... And having seen so many, not not parodies of it, but parodies of it and um, rip-offs of it, of the montage and the yeah. underdog thing, I probably kind of hurt my appraisal. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, because you, you you know I get it. If you hear the Bee Gees do Sergeant Pepper first before you know the Beatles did it, look at some point. <laughs> not at some the, point yeah. you're going to see a movie that you know has been in the lexicon for thirty or forty years sure. that you haven't seen that you're going to watch. Going, it just doesn't resonate the same way. Well, why not? Well, because I just saw it for the first time three <laughs> weeks ago. Right, <laughs> it was more like it, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> So I get that. And I, I will admit I had this is, I was not looking forward to this one. And I'm still not. Actually, this is actually <laughs> yeah, a good I'm still not. I like this. I like this yeah. half. Yeah. I, I, I get that it's a cultural touchstone and it has a ton of iconic images and lines. But at the end of the day, I hear most of the characters are shallow, but as we talked about them, they're actually not They're not but, shallow. It's just they're very they're, they're not typecast per se. No. But they're not They're su- not fully formed. No. They're not fully realized. But they're realistic. Sure. Yeah. They are um, definitely three-dimensional, whether how horrible the relationship is, you know, with Polly and his best friend that he, you know, one one minute is, you know, slapping him on the back, and then the next minute... <laughs> Finally you know, throwing vodka yeah, bottles at him. exactly. So now, it's all just, in all, it's a good film. It's... It's not your cup of tea. It's not. And I and I feel like I've grown are, as a person. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky made me a better person, you know what I mean? Like, is that seven? <laughs> I believe so. Seven Which is pretty eight. good for yeah. the hour or so we've been talking. As much as I kind of also don't want to do it, we should talk about Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Do your best, Lord, to protect. Other than that, you know what I want. There's no use me repeating myself. Mr. Dunn? I owe you money. No, sir. I know your mama. Thought you might be interested in training me. I don't train girls. People see me fat, Sam. Pretty tough. Girly, tough ain't enough. There's magical fighting battles beyond endurance. 
It's magic of risking everything for a dream that nobody sees but you. Who's your new girl? Jesus. Working the bag, boss. I'm not your boss. You're not bags working you. Did you write your daughter? Every week. Girl tends to be coming along. Almost like someone's been helping her. I seen you looking at me. Yeah, out of pity. Don't you say that if it ain't true. If I'm too old for this, then I got nothing. If I take you on, I promise I'll work so hard. You don't question me, and I'm gonna try to forget the fact that you're a girl. Now, what is the rule? Check myself at all times. Good. Find a man, marry him. People hear about what you're doing and they, they laugh at you. <laughs> I got nobody but you, Frankie. Well, you've got me. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I'm just trying to keep you from doing the same. I know, boss. Good man to have in the corner. Yes, he is. Hey, hey, get the hell down here. How old are you? I just want to keep her with me. You just protected yourself out of a championship. Frankie, I've seen you in mass almost every day for 23 years. The only person who comes to church that much is the kind who can't forgive himself for something. You got a fight I don't know about? You gonna leave me? Never. I just trimmed my my nails. So today did I, and, and so it was really hard for me it to was, get. Out of I that. fought through the pain, though. That's the difference between you and me. I wouldn't. I got fight heart. Through the pain. I couldn't get the grip. I got heart. You got a glass jaw. <laughs> I guess we know who's taking who down later. <laughs> um, straight up two things. A, I had to leave the room while we were playing the trailer because I didn't even want to start crying. B, <laughs> this one was a hard one to note for me. Because I have a few more down than I thought I would have, but it's also I been a couple of months since I watched it. And then when I handed it to you and you're like, shit, I watched this once <laughs> 10 years ago and I was it's like, like, it's so good, but it's so sad. I'm and never so, yeah. watching it again. And then we were like, let's do this. And I was like, oh, OK, all right. It's, this was hard, hard to note because it's just such a good story. Yeah. Like this one, this one gets me. I don't give a two shits about Rocky. This is an engaging story i don't know yeah. that it's inspiring no. but it's moving it's moving whereas rocky rocky moves people yes and inspires people but i get the this, this is it's not this, a, this is not an inspiring as much as it's a touching story correct <laughs> um you still drinking peroni i am i'm just gonna stay i was gonna get like a makushla ale but they didn't have any <laughs> i don't want to drink blood ale anyway <laughs> my blood my dar my darling was that what my was? darling blood yeah <laughs> We were going to try to have um, Knockout IPA, yeah, that, but we don't like IPAs. Well, number one, I didn't realize it was an IPA until this very moment. And if it's a Knockout IPA, then I'd be like, no. Just can't do them. I don't like them. I feel like he hired Morgan Freeman solely just to have him do the narration. Well, he hadn't really done a narration for almost about 10, 11 years. So he did uh, Shawshank. I don't think this he, was the next thing he did where he was like narrating wise. I think so. It was like, you know what we haven't had? Well, I, I kind of kind of died in my last movie mm. 10 years ago i won an oscar 
Let's bring him in again. Maybe he's my good luck charm, and he can narrate it kind of like Shawshank. Aronson. Alan Aronson. <laughs> five, seven, five. 35th Street. Three, one, seven. That's my impression of Morgan Freeman reading the phone book. Oh. I, seriously, I would watch Morgan Freeman read the phone book. Yeah. There was a thing that just went around last week where he, he narrated uh, 2018. I think it was a big. It was. Funny. It was a big meme thing too, like ten plus years ago, uh, or starting ten eight years ago, where it was just everything. You just read this in my voice, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. My name's Morgan Freeman, and you just read this in my voice. Um, well, I was three and a half minutes, well, three minutes and thirty four seconds into this, and it was already better than Rocky for me. I already okay. I felt. You're like, great. This is so much better. What a fully and now realized I'm cry. What a full Damn like it. fully realized story already in three and a half minutes. <laughs> like I get it. I think it was weird watching this, knowing earlier in the season we watched um Grand Torino, which is like five, four or five years after yeah. this. And you, you it's funny hearing the progression of the grisliness of of Eastwood's <sighs> yeah. voice. Like this one, it's like here, it's like when he talks in interviews, his voice is much more gentle, but he chooses this grizzliness for whatever character he chooses to have, but it gets harder to kind of understand what he's doing. Yeah. The thing. And it's much more prevalent in Gran Torino than it is in this one. And I think part of that has to do with age and the type of character that he's playing because he kind of plays Clint Eastwood. He does. I like so Walt from Gran Torino is yeah. sort of a not an atheist or anything no. necessarily, but he's definitely like he doesn't want any anything to do with. He with, was with a religion. part of the Catholic Church because his wife was, but he was he yes. kind of bucked that. Whereas here, here he's Frank got is a, like he's got this weird tenuous relationship with Catholicism, but he's into it, right? And I like I kind of like that. So it's, it's a subtle. There's an internal thing. battle going on with him with that one, but. Eastwood or the character? The character. Maybe Eastwood, too. I don't know. I love that prayer that he says in the... <laughs> he's he's so Eastwood, he's like, all right, God, you know what I'm going to ask for. I don't need to tell you again. <laughs> did you get uh, early on, on the bus, on the side of the bus, did you see the advertisement for The Apprentice? Yes. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. I was like... I know. I may have I, I may have thought about writing it down. I chose not to. It's it's on there a couple of times. <laughs> That's just the era. This if, movie's 15 years old, I, you know? Is it really? Yeah, it's 04. So yeah. Oh wow. It's, yeah. At its most fundamental level, this is just Rocky. Kind of different. Told more from the perspective of the trainer than yeah. Than the boxer. But, but, and Rocky's a yeah. girl. Yeah. Which is interesting because guy that directed Rocky directed the Karate Kid. Right. Oh, Hilary Swank was in the fourth she was, Karate Kid. She was the next Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. which I've never seen but, no. for I've, for reasons. I've only for seen obvious reasons. I've seen the <laughs> second one a few times. Uh, do you think this movie would have been half as enjoyable if Morgan Freeman hadn't actually been in it or narrating it? Do you think the flow would have been different? If the flow would, it would, it would have been is it would have been enjoyable, not as he, enjoyable. He's kind of like the glue that actually hold, like holds the film together as well as all of kind of the characters. You are correct together yes. as well. Yeah, he, he he serves a multi-purpose level in this movie where he's he's your narrator and he kind of tells you everything that's going on but he really holds all of those characters in and brings them in together because this movie wouldn't work without that character and now that movie wouldn't work without the character at all 
it definitely wouldn't work if that character existed but it was played by someone other than Morgan Freeman. Correct. I don't think anybody else could have been in this movie for that role specifically. You see why he won his, you know, best actor uh Oscar I don't know why they that. even I don't even know why they bother to nominate other people every year. Why just and this year again, Morgan Freeman. We don't have to film it. We just it's every year. Anything he does. I I cut myself off. Um it's Rocky, but Rocky's a girl, and you know she has to deal with. She's super poor, but she chooses to come out to Los Angeles she's to be a, a boxer, and she's a she, so she has to deal with the sexism. Yeah, right? absolutely. In, in that very male dom. Well, it's a female well, boxing is a big thing. It's a big thing, but even for then, the it's, sake of this movie, it's yeah. it's 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 an allegory. You know, it's an allegory, but it's still odd that she comes out to Los Angeles. She could be a boxer anywhere, sure. Or at least find a place that's closer to where you came from. But they from. had to get her out of her pond. Yes. And put her somewhere um, where she was completely. So she went from what, West Virginia or, or wherever. Just the south. Really. South, or yeah. And, but and then to Los Angeles, which is where, um, the, what's the, his name's <clears throat> Jim is at. The main difference between this and Rocky is that Apollo beats Rocky. A stool beats Maggie. <laughs> Rocky gets the girl. Maggie gets to die cold and paralyzed in the hospital without the ability to even thank These are the comparisons. person. Without even the ability to verbally thank the person that is <sighs> euthanizing her. I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, I, what was really weird watching this? It's <laughs> dark, dude. I'm sorry. But it's, no, it's a, it is. It's dark. But you don't know what's coming. You don't. Well, the first time you see it, you don't know it's coming. You're like, you, and you're so like, it hits you like you're falling on the stool that breaks your neck. Yeah. It takes you by that type of surprise. Yeah. And so it was kind of surprising watching this now. And I probably haven't watched. I don't know if it's been 10 years. I I loved this movie. I'd seen it a few times. But it had been a while since I pulled it off a shelf. And there's a reason why. Do I want to go through a half a box of Kleenex, you know, to, because you're crying because of this movie? But – I didn't realize how many kind of like similarities this film had to Gran Torino until watching them so close together. Yeah. You know, there's an emotionally stunted old man takes a young person under their wing, a really shitty, a marginalized, marginalized. Yeah. A really shitty family situation uh, and a strained relationship with the with the Catholic church, you know? And so I didn't, is trouble with the curve like that or any of his latter movies? No, because Trouble with the Curve is okay. He didn't. He just started that. That was nothing oh, to do with okay, him. Anything okay. else other than, hey, we want you to play this role. Okay. Usually he doesn't act in a lot of things that aren't his, his. directorial. Okay. Usually, uh, but th- I just I never realized how similar in that in that format that Eastwood obviously is comfortable comfortable with yeah. until watching those within a few weeks of each other and then giving you. The movie going this is on the docket and then i had to wait a couple months <laughs> before we could talk about it i literally watched this i watched this six days ago because i knew it's one of those like i'll get to it i'll get to it, it i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it and you're like hey, hey so guess what? we're recording we're next week you know, like, uh, if you watch rocky or million dollar baby i'm like nope. <laughs> don't want to watch rocky within two weeks of that it was rocky and then it was a week later and you're like i guess i get to watch million dollar baby now yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned um Eastwood's how he plays in his own stuff. This is a wholly an Eastwood movie. Uh-huh. And it's got it's got his pacing. Like you know, like look, don't look for a quick cut no. flash thing. This is He takes his time. This is character development. Yes. Whereas uh, this is about 2 hours too, right? I think it's a li- uh, a little bit uh, more. 
It's no, it's yeah, it's this it's, is it's over two. It's a little over two, about fifteen minutes over two hours. These characters are fully realized. Yeah, I, again, I'm, try, I, I'm. There might be something to do with the era that Rocky was made yes. versus this, and how we, you could understand what they were saying. That is also a big there, thing. You didn't need subtitles. Correct. You love these people, like almost from the beginning. Oh yeah, like even like some like um, uh, Jay Baruchel or whatever his name is. The, the slightly mentally oh yeah 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 the kid that uh, just, uh, kid dynamite yeah, kid, kid dynamite, dynamite? Yeah. yeah you even love him just because he's just so just there's that free will and spirit of yeah gung ho I'm ready for a fight I'm ready for a fight I'm ready for a fight and everybody's like no you're not but real quick when they're doing the training montage in this there's a rope tied between uh to her ankles uh huh is that sort of a to Rocky I don't know. I'm, I, that's how it's, I took, it's not as fresh in my head, so I'm not entirely sure. Because they it may have they, been they, the shot. It's that the montage. I know it was she had to keep her feet together. Well, that's why and they that do was it. one of the things. Your feet were too far apart. You have to keep your feet together in order. To, but they do that in Rocky. Okay, and I wondered if if it, is a that an old boxing. It may trick, be a boxing thing, or is that a or it's a movie boxing thing, <laughs> or is, yeah, is it a nod to Rocky? I, I took it as a nod to Rocky because without Rocky, this movie, this movie would probably exist, but. I had a little bit of uh, odd bit piece of trivia on here. Okay. Since I didn't do trivia on this movie, but uh, the one separate side note that I started to realize is that Martin Scorsese did not fare well against boxing movies when his pictures were also up at the same time for Oscars. What was his boxing movie this time? Uh, well, hold on. He didn't fare well against boxing movies. Oh, okay. During the Oscars, Taxi Driver was up. It lost to Rocky. Hmm. Uh, the Aviator was up that year in 04, it lost to Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> and then when he made his own boxing movie in 1980, he didn't win Best Picture. <laughs> what, one, what was it? On Golden Pond? In 1980? Uh, 1980 was either, I don't know if it was On Golden Pond, maybe it was Ordinary People. Either way. People don't want they can get in that, to hear about can. a story about just someone who moves out to Los Angeles. It's either boxing or it's going to be acting. Correct. Because Maggie would have either been a boxer or more likely to move all the way out to Los Angeles and to work as a waitress and live in a little dump and hopefully scrape by and take food that was left over on the plates and put it in her pockets. And Dolly Parton did that. I mean, you know, normally that would have been an, an actress or an actor sure. trying to survive in the unbelievably difficult and super expensive locations of like Los Angeles or New York um, to try to make you know, something of yourself. I uh, don't have any notes on it for what doesn't work. I'd have nothing uh, for me. What did I put? What doesn't work? I said, I know I'm nitpicking this, but I'm pretty sure that Frankie would have been a fugitive after ending Maggie's life. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, typically, I don't think Frank would have had instant and, and or immediate access to Maggie's room. Uh, I know they work around. Uh, I know they work around it by seeing him wait in the hallway until the nurses leave. But I would have thought that there would have been cameras or witnesses who saw her last, regardless of the situation that she's in. And also, how does he have access to adrenaline anyway? Although the more research I did a little bit on that, he's a boxing trainer. He has access to those types sure. of materials and and drugs and things like that. But I know he's a trainer. I know he's a manager and a, a cut man, but you know, did he just 
swing by Lance's residence earlier that evening to grab a <laughs> vial of adrenaline on his way to the hospital. You know? That would be great. Fuck middle, you, Lance, answer! <laughs> in the, literally in the middle of the... I'm leaving that one in, by the way, because you're quoting. The, right in the middle of the... Gotta fucking stab her three times. Don't you gotta fucking stab her three times. You gotta stab her once. In the middle of that scene, there's just a... <laughs> hey, I need some adrenaline. But just, it's in the fucking fridge. It's in the fucking fridge. Jody, take him in the fucking fridge. Get him the fucking adrenaline. Which Wait. one's Jody? Is she the one with all this shit in her face? Oh, I so, remember her. What the fuck are you guys doing in there? Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That would be great. I'd love to see that crossover. <laughs> I forgot I wrote that in there <laughs> with Lance. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't have anything that doesn't work. That's one, the only thing that doesn't work is just the 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 how easily he's able to get in there. What? Yeah, no, walking with my little medicine my, bag. It's me and my my bowling bag. Yeah, I'm taking the kid bowling. My favorite line. That's all I have is a favorite line. My favorite line is uh, he paid his dues. Dues. The boy can't afford pants. You want to pay dues? Get out of my office. <laughs> Just between, you know, Frankie and, you know, um, talk so about you, Kid Flash or Kid yeah, Dynamite or whatever. Yeah. It was just just that 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 conversation back and forth. It was just like they're they're back and forth. They're amazing. Are amazing. Yeah. There's just that banter that that really it, it makes them feel like they're actually there's a they're family. A true, there's a true history and they're yeah. they're they're more than just friends. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they're family. It. it Outwardly, outward appearances would say that Frank is the boss, right? And I can't remember Morgan Freeman's character's name. Uh, well, I was wanting to call him here, Lucius because of Batman. They may call him Scraps, but his scraps, his name scrap was iron. Eddie Scrap Iron Dupree. Yeah, it would appear that Frank is the boss and Eddie is an employee. Eddie actually has m- more rank than Frank, kind of, because he's kind of got that. Im- he lost his eye because Frank didn't stop the fight. Yeah, so he's kind of got. He can hold that over him. Correct. And he but, doesn't. And he doesn't. That makes right. him the bigger person. Yeah, I, I love their relationship is like, it's it's like brothers that are slow, slightly, one is slightly old, like a couple years older. Yeah. My favorite scene is one of the, or my, I'm sorry, my, one of my, uh, my favorite line is one of the first lines in the movie and it's when Morgan Freeman's narrating. She grew up knowing one thing. She was trash. It's not even a gut punch. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah. It's super honest, but man. It's, because you, you're yeah. like, but she's not trash. She's no, not trash. She's not trash, but she grew up around it enough that that's what she felt like. Yeah. And you just, you just want to like, can I just hug you? I don't, you don't need a hug. I just need, I need a I hug. I need a hug to make <laughs> me feel better. Yeah. Maybe you'll feel better at the same time. <laughs> it's just, it's again, this, there's not a lot of, actually there's a lot of warmth in this movie, but there's a lot more cold. That's my favorite line. If you had a magic wand, what would you change? Uh, let's see here. I don't. Well, okay. While you're looking, I I can answer it. I I wouldn't change anything. That's a that's a shitty cheap cop out answer. But this movie is perfect. I know it's it's no, it's perfect. I'm not gonna qualify it. There's the only thing I notice is her accent is a bit forced sometimes. I don't totally buy it. But if a that, little bit, yeah. I think that's what probably bothers Lisa the most is that just don't do that, an accent. That, that southern drawl sometimes she's like if i can usually pick it out when it feels like it's forced not yeah. real 
and it does feel a little forced. And I understand that, and that is nitpicky. But uh, I put down here is that I would like to have seen the film where Maggie isn't sucker punched and possibly wins the fight against that piece of shit ex prostitute German boxer Billy the Blue Bear um, Osterman. Would this uh, in turn make the film less enjoyable or less? Lessens, lessen its impact? Yes. Uh, I don't know, but a boy can wish, can he? That's what I wrote. I, I would have loved to have seen the movie that had a happy ending. I don't know or if just it would have been. I don't, just, well, it probably, it number ending. one, it probably wouldn't have won Best Picture. It wouldn't have won the awards. It probably gotten the accolades. It may not have been as well respected. But just there's part of me that that alternate timeline of i want to shoot into the alternate 1985 <laughs> of where maggie doesn't die and i just want to watch that one where she loses but she has to deal with yeah well i mean she does lose and then she you know she now has she to, has to move back in with her mom she has a piece of shit mom in to, her house that she bought for her, she doesn't just know? lose and has to deal with that and then come back she loses in the biggest way possible and has to deal with that life yeah yeah it's uh where the f- is the fbi why isn't that? <laughs> why isn't that woman immediately arrested and thrown into prison? Because it's a sucker punch, and you know by then there's cameras everywhere. Everything's being recorded. You Correct. know that that is not a legal. Well, but you know that's not legal. What's the first rule? Uh, don't talk about Fight Club. Always protect yourself. <laughs> she, she turned her head. Who scored this? Uh, Clint Eastwood. He scored. Either it? he scored it or he scored it with his son. But uh, um, what's his son? Mister Eastwood. <laughs> Ah, Mr. I, I think it's Kyle Eastwood. Did we just, did we just reference Back to the Future in like <laughs> twice in less than a minute? That's very good, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> ah, Mr. Eastwood. What kind of stupid name is that? What was the name of the ravine before they became Eastwood Ravine? Barton Ravine. It was after no, the was teacher it, or whatever. Clara, whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah, Clara, Clara Barton. Barton. No, yeah. Clara Barton was the was, she founded the Red Cross. Oh. So it was Clara. Mary Steenburgen does not play Clara Barton Where? in Back to the Future 3. What's her name? Clara something, maybe? Clara that? something, yeah. Clara but, something bridge. <laughs> Clara something bridge. That's a, that's a, <laughs> we'll get into it it's next week. It's a call week, back slash call forward to uh, we'll, Back to the Future 2. No, we'll get into three. it next week. That's more like a Chevy Chase line. Who? What was her name again? Clara something bridge. <laughs> I want to say it's Jake Eastwood. It's either Jake or it's Kyle. Kyle. Because Scott is his son, and his son does acting, and his son looks like a lot like him. Correct. And he's the one that plays the idiot kid um, in Gran Torino. In Gran Torino. Um, but I think it's Kyle that either he scored or he scored it with his son. I can't remember That's which really one cool. it was. But yes. He, Nepotism, he, he, but it's cool. Yeah. He, yeah. It's a, there's, I'm sure with Eastwood and his 35 kids. 35 kids that he we, only knows we, seven of. We've come up with a new unit of measure uh, in this house. And that's what we call a Skinnerd of kids. <laughs> when you have enough kids to start a Southern rock band, <laughs> about fifteen or so, give or take five, oh. three to five. That's a, that's a Skinnerd of oh, kids. Oh, okay. Eastwood has almost a Skinnerd and a half of kids. Okay. So that was your favorite line. Is that also your favorite scene? Just uh, I don't really have a favorite scene. That's just my favorite line. It's hard line. to pick. Give them hell, that. Hey, old school toilet overflow. Sitting at Bettman Raj. Drinking my ties. 
looking at naked women. How'd I do, Miss Scribe? You did good, Danger. You did real good. You're my man. You rock. Oh, come on, Flip, man. You ain't done. You ain't even fight good yet. <laughs> Anybody can lose one fight. Anybody can lose one, son. You'll come back from this. You'll be champion of the world. Oh, well, Miss Scribe. I should have known. Come on, old school, man. We don't need to be talking. I know. I can do it. I'm tired of him from me. Take the gloves off, man. You ain't even used them, danger. Matter of fact, Laura, this danger. Oh, man. I thought your name was Danger. Come on now. Oh, oh, I see. Now I get to fight a retard and an old man. <laughs> Call ESPN, because you can't write this shit. <laughs> oh! You don't fucking talk to him. There's nothing you need to say to him. You knock him the fuck out. Yeah, it feels really good. I've never done it. <laughs> no, but you hear. <laughs> he did that one handed. It just too, feels correct? good watching it. Well, yeah, he did it one handed because he put one glove on. Uh -huh. When he finally knocks him out with the actual knockout punch, uh -huh. it's with his ungloved right hand. <laughs> yeah. But you, those oh, two pieces of shit there in that gym, you, you're hoping. You're just hoping that something happens to them. Sure. Because they're just so hateful yeah. and just bullies that they are. And then that happens. And it's completely worth the price of admission when you watch that scene. Yeah. If nothing else, that, that makes that movie so worth it for me. It's a good comeuppance. Yeah. I mean, I could have picked a few other ones, you know, where he sits and talks to, you know, Maggie about, I'm not going to be your trainer. Okay, I'll be your trainer, but, you know, and, you know. Just talking about the speed bag and all of that. And it's, all of that stuff is just so great. But they just went on really long. Yeah. Or I couldn't get a full. Like a good bite. Like a good it. bite on it. And so I was just like, nope, I'm going to go with my gut. And this is my, that's always been my favorite scene. What, um, if you were going to recast this movie? <laughs> oh, man, this is really hard. I have three. I have Maggie. I have um, Eddie Scrap Iron Dupree. And I have Frank. So do I. Cool. Okay. This will be fun. Uh, Robert Duvall's Frank. Okay. Easy. Got to go back a little bit in what order era? to get... Uh, he's got to be at least the like mid to late 90s. Okay. He's got to be old, but he still has to have a little bit... Of bite left uh, in him. Bite a little left fight in left him, him yeah. Um, Maggie, I chose Zoe Zaldana. Oh, good pick. Yeah. I could... Yeah, and now, now don't play her as 
Southern, just play her just as play her. just she's yeah. yeah she comes from a poor upbringing. Play her, don't play her as ghetto. Just play her as play her she's as just a she poor, is. She's just a poor person, right? Yeah. And then um, with uh, Scrap Iron, I either chose I I went back and forth between the two, and so you can choose. It'll either be Forrest Whitaker or Ving Rhames. Forrest Whitaker. Okay, I would go Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, I think I think that would. He's a much more versatile. He could narrate. What a nice story. I don't he think he could narrate it and he is a he's a slow burn, man. I love Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. He's a great actor. But that's who I that's who I, no, that's I, how I, I recast I, that. I, I love Ving Rames too. Don't get me wrong. Because Lisa always asks him, like, do you like this movie because it's Clint Eastwood or just because you like the story? And I'm like, I think maybe both. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard to pick between the two. I'm like, are you more emotionally attached because it's See, Eastwood playing that? And I'm like Yes and no. I don't I know. I think any grumpy old man could play it. Yes. Any grumpy old man could play it. But it's the relationship. Always, yeah. It's that relationship and it's just how they turn in that where they need to in, in sure, the time sure, of the script. Sure. So mine is pretty similar. Okay. Um, For Frank, James Garner. Oh, Okay. More, I, a little more kindly, a little more kindly, but not still, as grizzled. I not could as not see him as grizzled. Still, still kind of, yeah. still kind of sexist. All right, and, and Eastwood's character is not, not comp- He's not, he's not a woman basher. Or no, he no, just no. But there girls. is a bit of a grizzliness there's a, to yeah. him. Well, yeah. there's definitely a grizzliness, but he doesn't hate her because she's a girl. He just doesn't train girls. Um, but I think James Garner could play that a little. Well, it wouldn't be. It would be more fatherly. Yes. Okay, I could be see a that. lighter tone. Yes. Um, for Scrap Iron, Danny Trejo. Oh, washed that's up, good. Washed up Mexican boxer. Yeah. Okay. Give him an injury. Give him, I don't know, whatever, you know. He's a wrestler than a boxer. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so James Garner, Danny yeah. Trejo, and for Maggie, I went with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, all right. I went super pretty. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Hilary Swank is gorgeous. Yeah. But Depends on the movie she's playing. She, sure, sure. She very much kind of pulls into that character and yeah. sometimes it's just but but hillary they, they play yeah. her they she's she's got some but jennifer lawrence can do this can kind of do the same thing too so yeah okay so that's where i went. that would be interesting i would watch it i would definitely watch it i think it'd be more of a lighthearted movie yeah it de- i don't but do you think maggie still dies at the end with that one i don't know if maggie dies at the end of this one either think, the one that one that <laughs> i recast Either I think in the end of mine, I with with my James Garner, Danny Trejo, Jennifer Lawrence. I think Maggie loses by knockout, and she has to deal with that. Like I said earlier, my Maggie loses. She still gets her neck broken, but becomes like a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. Are we just so she's I, like Stephen Hawking. The consensus, <laughs> the consensus is we don't want Maggie to die. <laughs> we don't care if she wins or loses. Yeah, the fight. We just don't want her to die. die. She doesn't deserve that. No, no, she really doesn't. How uh, much do you hate Maggie's family? So much. The, so much. Uh, I grew I almo- up around people like that. Like, I know those people. So much. I wasn't oh, close to them. I wasn't friends with them. They weren't friends' parents, but I know those people. I, I saw them in action. They are fucking trash. Pure and simple. Um, and, like, the, the woman that plays her yeah. mom, she's... She, I almost, so I can't good. remember her name off the top of my head right now. 
Um, she was in Justified. Yes, and I almost, I almost had her listed down as one of my favorite character actors, actors or actresses, because of how they can just pull into that role. Because she can play super nice, super endearing, and yeah. loving, but she can play super bitch too. And you can just and just, just turn. You can almost see dime. how much I hate her character in yeah. that movie. But she's a good. It's I can a good see character. it when we started playing the trailer. Like, that's when I got up and you. left, yeah. They're talking about you. They're laughing. You know what? They're laughing. You're like, I got to get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> who talks to their kid like that, man? Like, who? Go- she's who, doing something, man. Who goes to Disneyland who go- Universal that's Studios? That's the end of that sentence. That's all you have to say. Who, who goes, goes to Disneyland? Well, who goes to Disneyland when you know that your daughter is paralyzed in a hospital and they come in or anywhere, with their fucking but- shirts? Monster like guess where dream. we've been? We came in six days ago. We seen we, we, we seen, seen them orcas. We seen the sats. We seen the whales. <laughs> it's just like they they nail that so well, and it just oh, I want to punch my fist through a wall every time through their They're, face. Yeah, that too. This, in my opinion, this movie is pretty perfectly cast. I don't know that what you said. What I said is fun. Could yeah, be, could be good, but I don't. I don't know. This is like I don't know that this is the role Hillary Swank is. She's known Hillary Swank's gonna be known for Tina Brandon or Brandon Tina, however you right. The um, boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. That's right. that's that's her one. first Oscar, and this was her second. Yeah, that's the one that she's going in in the books for. It's a great movie. Don't want to watch it ever again. It's really hard to watch a movie that has that Hillary Swank of, in it. That evidently. type of well, that type of hate crime too, especially. Sure, it's just really hard. Yeah, it's necessary to show it. Yeah, into, yeah. but it's just. It's it's a hard pill to swallow. Hey, just before we go any further, we can can we can we have a light episode next week? Hey, we will. That would be fucking dynamite. <laughs> when when I put this one down, I'm like I wrote down plot points and pacing, and I'm like, well, I felt that Rocky was between twenty at least twenty minutes too long. Uh-huh. I, I honestly feel like this one is so perfectly paced, even though it's longer. Same. Uh, I, there isn't a lull in the film that I can attest to. Morgan Freeman's narration is just like perfection. Just. Like it was in Shawshank, um, but the themes in this movie, they they they're so neat and like straightforward. They feel to me like I've taken some writing classes before in college. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're like the basis of a screenwriting class. Exactly. Bare you bones. have yeah, you have Frankie. Yep. He's the estranged. Yeah, he has an estranged daughter, and then he he has Maggie losing her father at an early age, and then you have Frankie's guilt about Scrap's last fight. You know, made him overprotective of his fighters, and he pushes them away until they need to find another manager that will actually get them to a title fight. Right, right. You know, heavy-handed metaphors delivered by caring and a beloved narrator and a supporting character. You know, twice he describes wounds too close to the bone, you know, like... um too too close to the bone to stop the bleeding. In the first time, he refers to a lacerated cheekbone. The second to Frankie's relationship with his daughter. Uh, it's a grotesque white trash family is supplied for Maggie so that we can uh, eventually enjoy watching her tell like her family to fuck off. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, there's that innocent imbecile named Danger. You know, at the gym, so we can have the pleasure of seeing Scrap defend him. And so there's like all of these very basic. Set them up, knock them down. Right. Nothing this, crazy. Like, and I may address it a little bit later on on final thoughts, but these are a lot of elements that 
shouldn't work or should be over why dramatic, should, over melodramatic. Why should they not work? They because should not work because they're so obvious. Okay. You know? Sure. There's so many things that this movie hits that it shouldn't work but and it shouldn't get like the credits going, this is such an amazing movie but and everybody think- going, this is so great because of how obvious like the skeletal structure of the sure. of the film is do you think that it does work though because it's it boiler, does because it's boilerplate and the people that are doing the acting i think it's because of who they put behind the camera who wrote it okay who they put because i feel it. i feel the same way there's not like it in the in the hands of a less capable director i think this would have just been another movie that you would have seen on the you know, rental rack at a video store. A what? You know, you know, the rental rack of a video store. Oh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> you know, it would have been just a direct DVD, direct to whatever, Blu-ray, whatever. Sure. I, I don't see this film getting the prestige that it gets when it's released if someone else had it. What a what a well put together thought blah, 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 blah. you have. Yeah. Still hold up? Uh yeah. Uh yeah, like I said, it shouldn't but it does. I'm like the movie should be a cheap exercise in audience manipulation. I think that's what I put down. Wow. You know, it really should. There's like that it's playing all of those notes. You should feel like, "Come on. Really? Come on." Yeah. Real now now she's paralyzed. Really? <laughs> Come on, you know. I and I I mentioned it before. It's just Eastwood's Capable hands as a director, you know, he delivers that brilliant, sweet, tender movie with like a melancholy finish that's mm-hmm. not a sweet finish at all. Yeah, you most know, of his don't. <sighs> if by still hold up, do you mean do I still cry? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, And every time this comes in, I'm going to cry. It's, it's I would, not, dude, I, what did I, I texted you, how how long had I been watching the movie? Um, it um, was not long. It was with, well within the first 30 minutes. And I was like, I'm already crying. Can hate you. That's what it was. It was like six minutes in. You're like, I'm already crying. <laughs> like, really? It's six minutes in. What this movie does is it, it's like, it's, well, it's a, uh, a more infantile version of what you just said. Did you just open my last Peroni? I, I did. It's okay. We're almost done. Yeah. We're in the home stretch. We're in the final round. <laughs> this movie sets you up perfectly just so it can knock you down emotionally. You yeah, know, literally. It gets you that gut Physically, punch. Yeah. emotionally, spiritually, all of them. It, it punches you, right? It knocks you down and punches it, you in the it gut. sucker punches you and you fall on a stool. Do you think Frank hated the fact that he... Was it Frank that hadn't pulled the stool out fast enough? Oh. I'd, I'd, I'd relive that in my head sure. until the day I died if that happened to me. I, yeah. I mean, how do you not get in the ring and start beating the hell out of the other fighter? Woman or not, that's f***ed up. You don't sucker punch somebody. No. That's why. But she was known for that, and she. Sometimes you sit here and go, "Maggie should have known." Like you said, what's the first rule of a Fight Club? <laughs> fight Club. Well, first rule of Fight Club is there is no Fight Club, and the first rule of boxing but the first is rule protect is yourself. Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> yeah, don't. And we have it hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, shout out uh, Kyle Stillwell, uh, who introduced me to boxing, and uh, I hope enjoys this episode, or at least doesn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, similar or equal film? I would honestly recommend Unforgiven. Huh. And, and the reason why, okay, okay. it's not the same genre, but it's very much the same type of vehicle. 
Frankie is very sim- similar to William Money. Uh, Frank does what he does in the full knowledge that it will cost him his soul and that afterward he will never be able to rejoin a moral society, kind of like William Money, in order to honor Maggie's wishes. And so this is presented as the right thing to do insofar uh, as such a thing that could possibly exist under these circumstances. You feel for Maggie and you don't want that for her, just like you want William Money to avenge the death of his friend and right, right. put to end what has caused all of this drama. He, the, he is the He has to lose his soul in order to do the right thing. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and that's why I felt like there is that similarity. And so if you kinda like that, I don't wait like till it. Ne- wait till next season when we talk about Unforgiven. Because <laughs> that spoiler, we're probably gonna do that. But yeah. uh yeah that that would be my comparison between the two and that's that's where I stand. I went with terms of endearment. Oh, okay. So slightly obviously it's a not slightly different story. It's a very different story. Yeah, it's a very different story, but someone has a story arc that it leads to their you don't know that Maggie's going to die in Every, this. Yeah. But but eventually, well, you don't know that Deborah Winger Deborah Winger is going to come down with terminal cancer or, yeah. or or something along those lines. And so everything's just kind of like, "Eh, we're moving along and <laughs> Hey, did you see that last dip on the roller coaster? Oh. No, I sure didn't. <laughs> and um, Jeff love- Jeff Daniels as her husband, and that yeah. is he's a bastard. Yeah, it's the same way, man. But he's but he's a real character, you know. <laughs> it's real yeah. life. But yeah, he's a bastard. He's a he's a prick in the, in that movie. So you put way more thought into yours. I just I kind of just I kind of stayed basic. And I, he, I'm very much for assisted suicide and euthanasia. So it's. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's it's, ever done it, but I I wouldn't want to live like yeah. that. And, and so I, I kind of hits a I understand. With me. Yeah, I felt differently twenty years ago. Yeah. I kind of understand that. I I understand it more now than I yeah. did, even when I just when I first saw this, even fifteen years ago. You know, sure that that I I understand where those people are coming from when they want that. I have sympathy for that. Yeah. You know, I understand. Uh, and it's just that that closing shot. You know that he's done. He's done with. I'm gonna everything. go. I'm gonna go to the diner. And I'm probably never pie. gonna come back. Does Danger even show back up at the end? I, Danger does. Yeah. Okay, I thought so, but it had been just long enough. I couldn't remember. It's kind of one of those. You. It's one of those where um, Maggie and uh, Frank kind of leave the world at the same time. Yeah. He he doesn't. He, the hope is just in scrap and. Danger and that life, that that will yeah. hopefully go on. Yeah, the cancer is gone, and then you just hope that not that there were a cancer. You just but... you just hope that that Frank gets like a lemon meringue. Well, that's what it is. It ends, it ends with on him real at the, filling. It ends on that, him at the shop. diner. Yeah, at the diner. Yeah. Right. So some trivia. Um, Billy the Blue Bear. Okay. Was actually Hillary Swank's trainer. Oh, okay. For this, I didn't get a lot about Hillary Swank's. Um, she didn't look German. <laughs> Funny. She doesn't look German. Uh, that makes sense. Oh God. She, but her like she got Hillary Swank got in super shape. shape. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was the case. It seemed that way. But the Billy the Blue Bear was her trainer. Um when Eastwood was approached for this, he read it, read the script and all that, and he went, That's yeah, a downer, but God, it's gorgeous. Not every story needs to be happy. End, be, be, 
and look, I just recently watched A Star Is Born, and I hadn't seen any of the other iterations, other. but I but I knew they all ended on a downer. And dude, I I survived until the last thirty seconds. I haven't and seen then it. Lisa and I are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So yeah, it didn't I, go into not everything. You kind of need that tragic storyline sometimes. Sure. You don't always need a happy ending. Uh, I, it didn't go into detail because I'm sure she's not super proud of it, but Hillary Swank and Maggie evidently had similar upbringings. Okay. They were both evidently oh trash. I don't think they're trash. I think the, one of the worst things watching that outside of the obvious of Maggie and the end is just getting all the return to sender mm. uh, envelopes of all the letters that he's written to his daughter that she never I, received or either either never received or chose not to receive. I picture it being Amy Adams. I guess I'm trying to make it a backdoor prequel to Trouble with the Curve or something. <laughs> but I, I pictured it. I okay. pictured Amy Adams as his daughter somewhere. I can I can see that. Because I just like to think about Amy Adams, if I'm being honest. Or you could just go with his daughter, Allison Eastwood. So going back to what I said. His litter of children. <laughs> going back to what I said in the Rocky half. Um. Maggie was originally supposed to be played by Sandra Bullock. Really? Would not have worked. No, would not have worked. Also, not the same age. Largely, Even at that time, I don't think it's the same age, but no. Largely in part to the fact that I pretty much hate Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't hate Sandra Bullock, but I don't see her in this role. No, I don't. Took 37 days to film. Yeah, he was always. He's pretty quick. He's pretty, pretty efficient. Yeah. yeah. I think we talked about that in Gran Torino. That he was a very efficient filmmaker. You got, and, you um, got two takes. I hope you get it on one <laughs> or two. Uh, through some stroke of luck or some contractual thing, I didn't really say, but um, people that were involved with the film kept the ending secret so that so that everybody on the planet cried when they left the <laughs> theater. It's kind of like Psycho. Don't if you Hitchcock bought all the no, books. Yeah. He bought as many copies yeah. of the book as he could, right. so that people wouldn't know the ending. <laughs> It's kind of a dick move, but, but I, also, I understand. Like, but thanks for yeah. what you did for culture and society. Yeah, that's that's really. There wasn't a ton of trivia for this because there's yeah. not a lot of bullshit around an Eastwood movie. Yeah, usually not. You turn up, yeah, you, you, you say your lines, and then you leave. You go. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, I think Million Dollar Baby is an anomaly. Um, it's a one part triumphant sports story. Uh, it's a one-part incurable illness tearjerker. Mm. Uh, the greatness in this film lies in its heart with Morgan Freeman's uh, character, uh, Eddie Scrapiron, at the center who is holding, connecting, and interweaving all of the characters together to create um, a magnificent tapestry. You know, it's uplifting, it's heroic, it's heartfelt, it's inspiring, it's beautiful, it's humorous, it's touching. It's sincere, and then at the end, unfortunately, it's tragic. Um, one element doesn't really outweigh the other, you know, giving it that perfect balance. It really, I forgot how much humor was in this movie yeah. until I watched it. I'm like, oh, that's why I like this, because it's kind of funny. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's it's got, funny. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's not funny. But it's so good. Even in its horribleness, it's still good. And that's why I really like this movie so much, you know? 
Angelica Houston was originally going to direct it. Really? Yeah. She originally. I don't know how she, much she's directed. I know she's done some. I know her father is John Houston. John Houston, big name. Um, uh, but I don't know how much she's directed recently. But I don't know. Been... I don't know if they were attached together. But um, she was originally going to direct it. Okay. And Ashley Judd was also originally considered. Again, that wouldn't have worked. I would like to see Angelica Houston's version of this. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But I'm okay. Would with the it. entire cast been the same? No, probably not. Um. Do you think Eastwood would have starred? Maybe. Could have been Nicholson. Know. Uh, that I don't know if they're on speaking terms anymore, but. I don't know if that would have worked. <laughs> I, I I'd watch it once. <laughs> I don't train girls. Look, you have the next 24 hours. We have that version up on Netflix. Are you going to hit play? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how how this resolves, what or how he handles it. You know, you know that weird. I don't know if you do this or not. You know that weird stopped up thing your head does when you force yourself. Would you stop yourself? Force yourself from crying violently. Like when when your when your body or whatever makes you cry. You try to be serious. Hold no, it not, in. Kind not of even thing? try to be serious. Okay. You just don't want it. You don't want to just break down. Like okay. and you, you're. Yeah, you're choking it back. Yes, and you're for. It some, makes it worse for usually. some reason. Yeah, then you're then you get stopped up, and then you're you're trying not to cry because you don't want someone to see you cry, and then so then you you <laughs> and get then never can up. tell that you tried to stop crying. Well, because your face is red, your eyes are watering, and you're going because <laughs> your head. I fucking hate that feeling. It's it's a it's a visceral emotional response, and you feel like you should be able to talk, but once you say two words, <laughs> you, you can't you can't get it I out. Can't. I like Danger Mouth. Yeah. 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 That I, yeah. movie produces in me that this movie produces in me that response. That That's why you love hate watching. I love movie. hate. I, I, I'm never watching this movie again. You can't make me. It's like the Alice in Chains song. Love, hate, love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love hate, love this movie. It's it, easily Eastwood's top three movies. Unforgiven. This. It's really hard to pick that third the one. Third one's going to be a Sergio Leone Western. I don't know. <laughs> It ain't Pale Rider, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, this is not a movie about fathers or daughters or boxing. It's not even about being an underdog. It's about living your life on your own terms or leaving life on your own terms, I think, at the end. Right. It's downer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about doing all you can to get to that point of being on your own terms. At least that's how I take it. Right. And I think I'd... No, I'm pretty sure I'd only seen it once by the time... We got around to this because I saw it once and I was like, okay, good. Got that in there. Got that XP. Don't ever want to watch it again. Eastwood's movies seem to get better with age. They do. His age. And and, and our age. Yeah. 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 On that note, would you like a chaser? (sighs) Yes. Can it be funny? I I can't guarantee what I'm going to pull out of here. You got like a whole filing system there? My wife is very organized. My My wife. wife. (laughs) We're going to put the. She's going to put it. He's going to put it. He's going to take a picture. I'm taking a picture of this. All right. Nice. <laughs> that is a very sleek and elaborate filing system. Yeah. All right. I'll let you choose first. Okay. So back me. I take the ones. You that take are just, any of the ones that you see, and then once I read them, I'll put there. them in the okay. paper envelope inside All the right. plastic envelope. All right. In the firing squad. Ah, oh, a uh, longtime listener, Jimmy James Falcon, <laughs> asks, "What?" M- <laughs> <laughs> What I'm mo- laughing. I don't even know what you're going to ask yet. What movie were you excited to see, but it was a letdown? Oh, there's a lot of those. Yes, there are. I'm going to file. Hold on. 
I'm going to go with the first thing that I can think of. Uh, the the Matrix sequels. Ooh, okay. Because the first one is is pretty amazing and brilliant in its own sure. in its own in its own right, and then you wait four years and get shit. Sure. In a burrito, <laughs> and then yeah, it's not it's not yeah Matrix uh, Matrix Reloaded was like twenty percent good and eighty percent poop. <laughs> And then Matrix Revolutions was like poop, ninety eight percent poop. <laughs> it's like they got good with visual effects, and then they said, "Hey, let's enter the storytelling. Let's 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 really focus on the visual effects and get super meta in your head, and then make it really confusing and not as enjoyable." Yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. <laughs> For me, it was Hannibal. Oh yeah, was it when they recast it? When you found that out, or when you actually watched it, because they recast. Um, oh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Um, well, I don't want to be that guy, but I read the book. First. I have not read Hannibal. I've read Silence of the Lands. I've read Red Dragon. The book. The I've book not is read the other two because he did that. He actually wrote Hannibal Rising, did he not? He did that book. That book is oh, not great either. Actually, I, the movie's not great either. The movie is terrible. <laughs> the, the book, book is wasn't bad. Not necessary. Definitely not necessary. Okay. But. Hannibal was still good, but I was let down because it's not. It, it just failed to recapture that. The film you're talking about? Correct. Okay. The book is amazing. Okay. The book so is the great. book is the, a good sequel to the Silence of the Lambs. The book, book. is a. It, it, it goes. If you're talking about the Hannibal Lecter story yes. arc, it goes Red Dragon, Silence, Hannibal. It, then it's it, it done. Ends, it it's, ends it's the story. A, it's and it's traditional three structured, three more story. Or less, more or less. Yeah. Okay. But the movie. While still watchable, it's more like a uh, cop movie. I did, that's weird that Ridley Scott also is like, hey, I'll do that. Really? And, and, you, you sure? and you hear Ridley Scott? Like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. That's why and I was then excited. You, then you went in the theater and went. Eh. You, you hear like, oh, they're doing hey, the Hannibal movie? Okay, cool. Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Ridley Scott? Yeah. yeah. Jodie Foster? No. no. <laughs> okay, well, all right. It probably still... Does Ray Liotta eat his own brain? Yes, he but... does. Oh, darn. God but darn. All together is not, yeah. Hannibal would be mine. There are scenes and moments in the movie that are kind of good, but sure. as a whole, yeah, it's definitely. Um, I good. quote it. It's oh, playing geez. off the popularity. It was almost ten years later too. I think he did that after Gladiator, if I remember correctly. It was two. It was like two thousand one. Anyway. So yeah, I'm like there's a yeah, there's a lawyer uh, here in Nashville. It's uh, Cordell and Cordell. <laughs> yes. And there's a character in the movie. His name's Cordell. <laughs> And a few times, Gary Oldman's character, Mason Verger, right. hollers at him and goes, Cordell! Anytime I hear the Cordell and Cordell commercial, I quote this movie and I go, Cordell! <laughs> so in that... So that's the only time that it's stuck in your brain. Because he wanted to feed Hannibal to the like, wild yeah, and see pigs, what, right? The other reason it let me down is because there's an entire character from the book that is written out and the... In the film? She okay. pushes... It's, it's Mason's sister and she pushes him into the pit of the pigs at the end. Okay. And it's they, been a long time since it, I've watched Hannibal. Yeah, and I again, I hate to be that douche. It's like, well, I read the book, and the book is much better because But it's true. And you <laughs> this time had, it's true. And should have had Jodie Foster, but Jodie Foster stuck to her guns because she didn't like the way her character. That's okay. I up. agree. It's not great, and Hannibal is missing a hand at the end of the film. Anyway. Yep, very dumb. So you're dumb. Did that happen in the book? It did actually. Actually, no, it doesn't happen in the book. Uh, I couldn't remember. Because the book ends 
completely differently. What is mine? Sasha Craighead wants to know. Mm-hmm. Offbeat movie roles, Jeff Goldblum, or pop culture phenomenon, Jeff Goldblum? Which Jeff Goldblum do you like better? The offbeat movie offbeat. roles offbeat. or pop culture? Offbeat. I want Seth Brundle more than I you want You want Malcolm. the beat-off roles. Yes, I want the beat-off the- <laughs> roles. I want Jeff Goldblum porn. You want Jeff, do you want the Jeff Goldblum beat-off roles? I mean, offbeat roles. I'm assuming by offbeat she means things like The Fly, the fly Transylvania and- 6 5000, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. Uh, Invader, uh, <clears throat> Invaders from Mars, USA. <laughs> <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy? No, we did it last season. Yeah. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's what All you right. mean by offbeat Jeff Goldblum, or beat off Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> you know, for the right amount of money, I'd probably do it. I would say offbeat. <laughs> I would beat off Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Independence Day was good. Jurassic Park, obviously. Yeah, but those are pop culture. You can't pick those. Yeah, those are good, but I want beat off Jeff okay. Goldblum movies. I would probably pick uh, pop culture. Really? Because he's shifted now to where he's really he's in, in his own character. When he does sure. Thor Ragnarok, it's... Oh, he's in. It, yeah, it's it's okay. really good, but I would probably pick pop culture over um, beat off uh, beat off roles. I mean, <laughs> off beat roles. Uh, uh, then there's a follow up from Lisa, the mailbox monitor. Mm. What is your favorite or least favorite role of his? You only have to pick one. You don't have to pick. You don't have to pick favorite if you pick least favorite or vice versa. I already mentioned it. It is his role in Transylvania 65000. Best or worst? That's probably my favorite movie he's been in. Really? I just love that movie, man. It's just a cheesy little monster movie. I really He's so like he was he feels like he was so allowed to be himself in that movie. Whether he was or not. It's a Rudy Rudy DeLuca wrote it. He was a kind of a protege of Mel Brooks. I, I'm i just scared that in two years we're going to be sitting down talking about Transylvania 6 5000. I'm surprised it's uh, we haven't done it yet. Or, <laughs> or uh, what's the other one? That Dan Aykroyd and... Tr- nothing But Trouble? Nothing But Trouble. That would be a great pairing I, right there. Oh, great. Um, no, Look it's for just, that in season he's seven. So, he's so <laughs> wacky. Like He has the ability to be just so wacky. And he is in that movie. Okay. And... I came to that movie as a, as a kid, all right, nine or ten, so that'd be mine. And you can hate me all you want; I don't care. Um, I would probably say that my favorite role of his probably is in Jurassic Park, as the is he a mathematician, chaosetician, or whatever, yeah. chaosetician, <laughs> whatever it was, whatever his title, like whatever he got his degree and whatever his title is. Um, I will say this: um, I work outside for a living, okay, and. Does water roll down the same time? Every time, every time a drop of water hits right. my hand and rolls down, I think of that. Scene. I do. <laughs> it's hard not to. I do think it's of that. so hard not to in Jurassic Park. Um, worst or uh, does it want to know the least worst favorite? It oh. says either that or least favorite now. Okay, yeah. If you pick That's, least favorite, I don't want. I, I don't have a least favorite of his. I hate who he plays in Silverado. But that's just oh. him. But that's just him okay. being what he needs to be. Sure. But I wouldn't say that is his least favorite role because he's just playing a character that I that I hate. So, and I forget who did it, but they got to live out everyone's dream in that movie, killing Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he it? finally 
met all of those, right? I think there's one other movie that we'll probably never talk about. <laughs> one or two, yeah. I, I never. Yeah, I looked up. Like, I looked up trivia, going, uh, "What other movies can we talk about where Jeff Goldblum dies?" And <laughs> and outside of like the big three, which we've now covered, <laughs> which is uh, finally The Fly, and previously was Silverado, and um, what's the other one? Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Two, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You couldn't remember those it either. Big ones, yeah. I couldn't even remember it. So yeah. All right. So those are our chasers. Thanks for sending those in. Keep them coming, gang. Send the chasers to lisa.sixpack at gmail.com. Yeah. And um, the reason we send them to Lisa is because we, we don't want to see them until we pull them out. We want to formulate our answer as awkward. I flipped it at you and it's on the floor. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to formulate them as awkwardly and uncomfortably on mic as possible. <laughs> Travis um, tries to not touch I d- the I don't, editing. I don't edit. He can't guarantee I don't, it. I don't edit. Um, yeah. Get on iTunes or wherever you podcast and like us, rate us, review us. Maybe We're not at making... some point we might have Jamie say it, so Travis doesn't have to awkwardly say it either. It's okay. In the middle of when we're talking about it or at the end, we might. But I feel like people don't listen toward the end. <laughs> you think they skip at the end? You're like, oh great. The Jason. people that the three, I hate this segment. The three people that get to the next episode. The three people that do listen to us might skip. So what's our what's next week? Uh, we got two, for the love of God, got, I need to laugh next. week. We got two episodes left, so we're gonna watch a really shitty John Candy movie. Oh, don't spoil it! You hate that movie? Oh man! Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> next week it's who's Harry Crumb and Fletch. Two improv whodunit mysteries. Films? There's clearly a winner. There's clearly a there's clearly a winner, but we'll talk about that next week. So, between now and then, thank you all for kindly dropping in. And, Didn't uh, mean to make that rhyme. That's free. You can keep that. And what's it Travis always says? Stay off the moors. Stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. Fuck you, Lance. Answer. I can hear it. Hello? I thought you told those fucking assholes never to call here this late. Yeah, I told them. And that is exactly what I'm going to tell this fucking asshole right now. <laughs>